Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. So glad that you're here this morning. I tell you, I don't know about you, but I don't ever get tired about studying about the passion of my Savior. How many are thankful for the cross this morning? Can I hear an amen? How many are thankful for Jesus? You know, when you read things like there's so many actors and so many people that influence our young people that were raised Christian, but they're going into Buddhism. And so you read about Buddhism, that Hinduism started over a thousand years ago. Buddhism started over 500 something years ago. And you read about, you know, here's these people, they're trying to, they're trying and they have to reach perfection. They got to have that perfect karma. They have to get to that place to where they're going to be. Uh, they will be able to reincarnate it. Their, their spirit will be reincarnated because of how good they are. And the level of accomplishment they got. And they work on all these alms. And they work on all these things trying to get to the higher power. Trying to perfect themselves. And they believe Jesus was a guru. And that's all that he was. But they don't believe that he was a son of God. And they believe that his death w- w- was nothing. And they, they live this life just believing that every Everybody's as a drop in the sea and everybody's connected to a spirit being. But how many of you know that the cross of Jesus Christ separates us from those who are trying to have to complete something to a savior who did it all for us? We can never, we can never be good enough. There is nothing we could do enough to win salvation. He came so that it's not by works, but by grace we are saved. Thank God. I lived in countries where people feel the need to get on their knees and crawl to a statue and leave their blood upon in the 115, 120 degree weather and leave their blood and skin on the sidewalks as they're trying to get to this certain saint or, 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 or mantle or something to be able to touch for some type of miracle. People are so passionate about pleasing their God, but nobody has a God that became passionate like our God became passionate for us. It's always about the people being passionate for their God, but our God became so passionate for us that he sent his son to die to take our place to do what we were not able or ever able to do so that we could be saved that's why there's given to us one name and that name is Jesus Christ because he made the way and he paid the price so that we could be saved and I thank God for that today I've got on videos where people just think they've got to sacrifice a lamb and a goat we got pictures of over 70 goats and they're cutting their ear over this hole praying to this goddess called the Panchamama which is this woman with a hat on and many breasts and they're praying so that their goats and their crops would grow and they're doing one sacrifice after another and and sacrificing their heart there's something in mankind the mayans we worked with that their generations past always felt the need for a human sacrifice to sacrifice blood there was something about the blood there was something about sacrifice there was something about giving and trying to please their gods and and the buddhists with their buddhas with the holes so that the wind could come through and they can hear noises and they think that the god's speaking to them and living a life all their lives searching and trying to be what they could never be or never have or never attain but this story about the passion of Christ is that he came to attain for us what we cannot attain for ourselves and I want to thank him and give him praise and all the glory today can I hear an amen he came and showed us his love and you know they can show some of their history but the Bible says that one of our favorite scriptures and the doctrine of the evangelical church is John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. The same as was the beginning and we beheld his glory. I want you to know today that Jesus is not always, Jesus is not just the Jesus of the New Testament. That if you seek him, you will find him from the very beginning. At the fall of man, when man fell and God had to end up coming and cover them because of their sins and their failures. God came and rescued man at that time and promised that God would send a son uh, through the lineage of 
of a woman to where the seed of a woman that he would come and crush the head of Satan's foot feet. And I want you to see here in Genesis chapter four, verse one and two, it says, and Adam knew his wife as she conceived and bore Cain that, and said, I have acquired a, a man from the Lord. And she bore again. And this time his, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And there's something I want you to see here from the very beginning. Eve, you can imagine after losing, living in the garden and living in such a perfect place and perfect relationship in the presence of God and being cast out into a world of thorns and the curse and knowing that you have sinned. She was expecting this seed to be born that would crush the head of Satan. So her first son was Cain and Cain means crusher. It means to strike quickly. And she was hoping, oh, God has given me a man child. Thank God. This is going to be the man who's going to crush the head of Satan. This is going to be the man that God told us about. This is my first firstborn. This is the firstborn. He's going to crush the head of Satan. And can you imagine being excited about you're having your son and you call him the head crusher and all, and he's the one who ends up killing your son of righteous Abel, whose blood is crying from the ground. The devil didn't, doesn't never did, nor does the devil want to see the righteous lineage living and making it. He wants to come in and deceive. He wants to come in and lie. He wants to come and take over and try to destroy what God has meant for good. He's, he wants to destroy the lineage of, of the Savior and the salvation that God has wrought us. So she had a son and she named Cain the, uh, the, the strike quickly, the, the, the one to crush the head of Satan. But then we find that it goes on here and it says that Adam slept with his wife again and gave a son. They called his name Seth. And she said, God has given me another child in the place of Abel, whom Cain killed. And then Seth had a son whom he called Enosh. And when men and women, that's when men and women begin praying and worshiping the name of God, Jehovah. Here is the word God here is the word Jehovah. This is the first time before it was Elohim. But now it's God revealing his name, Jehovah. I'm a covenant God. I'm a God that keeps covenant and mercy and love from generation to generation. And Seth got a revelation of that. And Seth means substance. Substitute, absolute substitute through all these names. God is putting on the hearts of people to be moved so that it can go down in history that God had always planned that a substitute would be born to substitute for our sins and the sins of the entire world so that whosoever would believe on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there was a thing there about Seth. He got a revelation that there's something special about my birth, about being a substitute. And God revealed himself as Jehovah. And then from then on, men begin, men and women begin to start praising and worshiping God. There's something about understanding Understanding that God, Jesus, has always been there from the very beginning. And that when we find him, if we seek him, we will see the great and glorious things that's always been in the plan of salvation and redemption for I. God has always had such the wisdom that everything has been planned out, that nothing has been by, by accident, that everything is a clear example, that God has always been in charge. And God, in his infinite wisdom, knew how to do everything from the very beginning. The first two chapters speaks about the curse, but the last two chapters speak about the glory being restored once again. And we will live forever in eternity with him. I want you to know God in his infinite wisdom. He planned it all out that every, every shadow, every sign, every type of Christ would be identified in the word of God. If Christ can, if God can have that type of infinite wisdom to plan out the paths of, of the righteous, how, of, of, of his son. How many of you know that Christ has the wisdom and the knowledge how to plan your paths so that we're not walking around blinded in this world. But that he's got every detail already planned. All we have to do is keep to do those details and stick to what God has planned for us. Amen. Now there's something interesting when you study the lineage of Cain and the lineage of Seth, they both have a lineage you can follow up to only seven years. Now the thing about Cain, the crusher, 
is that he didn't only destroy his brother life, he destroyed his lineage. And the lineage of Cain, you can only follow for seven years, then it disappears at the ark of Noah. When you do things out of God's will and out of the way he wrote in the word, that your purpose will be destroyed. He was the first one to be born through Adam and Eve, but his purpose of being the firstborn was destroyed because he did not carry out the plan of God and he gave into the flesh. Seth, well, you could follow his generation. Now listen to this. When you do things God's way, you follow the generation of Seth. People begin praising and worshiping God. You skip one generation from Seth. You come into a man named Enoch. The Bible says Enoch got so hungry for God that he walked with God and he walked in such a way with God that after... After 300 and something years, God didn't want to see him die, so God just took him. And when you see Seth's grandson being raptured in a way as a sign that when there's a generation who worship and praises and lives for the king, that you won't have to die a death of a normal person and live a life of eternity in hell. But when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and the church rises up singing and worshiping as we did today, because we have a reason to worship and we have a reason to shout and we have a reason to praise, then you better find that you're part of that lineage, hallelujah, that we're walking with God and one day we're not going to be because that trumpet's going to sound and we're going to rise and we're going to live for an eternity because God had had it all planned out. You follow these lineages and you find you come to uh, Noah and Shem and Abraham and you continue to see all these ones through the lineage uh, of Seth that continues that I found one righteous man his name is Noah and that's where the lineage of Cain is destroyed because they were intermarrying and all these different things were going on you can find uh, the great grandson of Lamech which which is the grandson of Cain in Genesis chapter 4 that he was the worshiper of the God of the forces he was the first one to start polygamy and violence and adultery his children started the arts and music and you find all of these started bringing murder and dysfunction into mattering with those that they shouldn't have and you start finding the curse start getting stronger and stronger and Cain was cursed seven times uh, worse than the earth but then we find that this man Lamech said my dad was cursed seven times but I'm going to be 70 times worse than my dad and that when it's not stopped that lineage is not stopped through the blood of Jesus Christ you can find that lineage of sin will continue to make a family down spiral and get worse and worse and worse but there's something about when you get a hold of Christ I'm not talking about getting a hold of church there's so many people have been hurt through churches hurt through ministries they don't know what but so many people wear the cross around their neck and they think that means there is a Christian but there's a better place around the neck than the cross it's in the heart it's because of the cross of Jesus Christ I know my sins are forgiven I'm born again my name's in the Lamb's book of life don't get angry at the church get angry angry at the devil and get in fall in love with Jesus get to know Jesus it's not about knowing a denomination it's not about winning a pen because you're there every Sunday it's not about how much you know it's about who you know and get them down in your heart so that when the hard times come nothing can shake you nothing can penetrate nothing can penetrate the love you need to fall in love with Jesus and come to know him throughout the entire word of God can I hear an amen today he's everywhere right here this pamphlet A hundred prophecies in the Old Testament fulfilled in the New Testament by Jesus. 
What other religion can go back and show you the prophecies of their God, of their beliefs that were wrote, written and confirmed time and time again? You may say, you know, you shouldn't be knocking, you know, those bald-headed people walking around in red robes. And you shouldn't be knocking, you know, this religion, that religion. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just repeating what the Word of God says. There's only one name given to among men wherewith they shall be saved. And that name is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's only one way, and that way is Jesus. And so if you're listening by Internet, if you're involved in anything such as new age or any type of occult you're believing in psychics tarot cards or any of those other things all those things will take you to the path of those that followed Cain but I'm not a child I'm not a descendant of Cain I'm a descendant of the Lord Jesus Christ made in the blood of Jesus Christ made in his will made in the image of my God hallelujah we see something in the shadows that Jesus has always been there. He even took a type and a shadow to reveal here in John chapter 3, 14 and 15. It says, as, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake, the snake, the serpent, the instrument that was used to bring sin and the curse into this world. As it was the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up. So that everyone who believes in him, everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, raise your hands and thank him for it right now. Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed of him. If you're a believer and you know that your name's been written in the Lamb's book of life, you give him praise and glory right now. He said, just like Moses raised that snake representing the, 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 the serpent, the, the one who brought sin into the world and caused men to be, be cursed because of their sin. So I, will be, I will be placed in the place of those sinners so that if they will receive me and look at me, they will fall in love with me. They will accept me. And the life that I give, I will give them the very life that I am so they may live. I tell you, as Jesus was lifted up on the cross, I tell you, this may sound like salvation one-on-one. But how many are you in love with the rugged cross of Calvary? How many are thankful that Jesus was lifted up so that we could look at him and continue lifted, looking at him? And no matter what the teachers, no matter what the world, no matter what the, the politics or what's politically correct or what men may say or people may tell you, nothing should be able to shake you from the love of Jesus Christ and knowing the truth of the word of God and not allowing no philosophy, no traditions of men to make void the death of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen here this morning? Jesus took the curse and became the curse. He became one with us in sin that we may become one with him in righteousness. He became as we were at the end that we may become as he is. He became one with us in death so that we can become one with him in life. He died to make us alive. He was made sin so we could be made righteous. He became weak that we may become strong. He suffered shame to give us his glory. He was condemned in order to justify us. He was made sick in order that healing might be ours. He was cast out of the presence of God in order that we would be welcome there. One of the hardest sayings that Jesus went through was he was on the cross crying out, My God, my Father, my Father, Abba, Abba, why have you forsaken me? But he was willing to be forsaken by God for a moment so that you and I may be accepted by God for eternity. How many are thankful for a wonderful Savior like that today? Everywhere you look... You find Jesus in Exodus chapter 12. God said to Moses, talking about Passover. God said to Moses and Aaron, while still in Egypt, still under bondage. This month is to be the first month of the year for you. Address the whole community of Israel. Tell them that on the 10th month, 
that the, of this month, each man is to take a lamb. How many remember last week when we spoke about the lamb of God? Each man is to take a lamb for his family. One lamb to a house. And if the family is too small for a lamb, then share it with the, those close neighbors, depending on the number of persons involved, and be mindful how much each person will eat. But it says here, each man must take a lamb. And when it speaks about taking a lamb and pinning it up, and you see that in some other scriptures, they were supposed to find the perfect lamb, flawless lamb, the perfect, I mean, nothing wrong with it at all. And they were supposed to tag it with the name of their family. What was a type and a symbol of Jesus Christ was thousands of years later, Jesus stood before Herod and before Pilate. And Pilate said, as you go to crucify him, put this sign above his head. I want this sign written in Latin. I want it written in Hebrew and I want it written in, in Greek. And in Latin, when you spelt what Pilate wrote, King of the Jews, when you spell Latin out in Hebrew, it says Yahweh or it spells out Jehovah. And what God was doing was he had prophesied what I was going to do with the lamb in Exodus way back then. I was going to pin my son. I was going to take my son and mark him as the lamb, spotless lamb that would be given for the sins of the world. And gee, above his head on Calvary, they hung a sign and the Jewish people didn't like it. They said, take that sign down. That's blasphemy. Pilate said, under the influence of the Holy Spirit that even a heathen can hear from God said, what I have written is written but it wasn't just that Pilate wrote it it was God wrote it this is my son in whom I'm well pleased he has been identified and he has been marked by me as the savior of all mankind to cover the world of their multitude of sins can you give the Lord praise it goes on to say your lamb must be healthy it must be innocent and pure one year old. You cannot select it. You can select it from either the sheep or the goats. Keep it pinned. Pin it. Put your name on it until the 14th day of this month and then slaughter it. The entire community of Israel will do this at dusk. Then take some of the blood and smear it on your two doorposts and the little of your houses in which you will eat. He was saying take the lamb and expect it. Expect to make sure there's no flaws because if the blood is going to be enough to cover your family, if it's going to be enough to cover you, if the blood is going be enough to take you out of bondage. You better spend this time inspecting that lamb to make sure there's no flaws. Well, Jesus was expect was inspected for, for 33 years and there was no flaw and no sin found among him. I'm telling you right now, church, and you listening by internet, don't you dare believe Jesus as the Jesus of the history channel. You're not supposed, you cannot be taught Jesus by the world. You're taught Jesus through the word of God because it's only the word of God that can tell the truth. I want you to know right now Jesus is the supreme sacrifice because he was inspected and he was innocent he did not have a child he was not married to Martha the prostitute he did not have any children the royal bloodline of England and priests did not come out of Jesus Christ through natural birth we are here only through the birth new birth of accepting him as king of kings and lord of lords don't you let the history channel convince you and tell you that this is the real Jesus he was a homosexual he was this he was that they will make an account. They will give an account for what they say and what they preach. But we preach Jesus Christ and him crucified and made alive. We are the generation, not of Cain, but we're the generation, the lineage of Jesus Christ. has been prophesied from the beginning. A generation that will not compromise with the world or with the politically correct. You get yourself established in the word of God. So many people, you know what I learned on the history channel? Yeah, well, Bluebird taught it to you and Sesame Street didn't. Oh. 
inspect the lamb. I'll only put my sign, my name, Yahweh, above the lamb that I accept. I've inspected him. He has my seal of approval. We see in the trespass offering in Numbers 19 and 2. Here's another legal requirement commanded by the Lord. Tell the people of Israel to bring a red heifer, a perfect animal that has no defects and was never been yoked to a plow. Bring this red heifer that doesn't even have one white hair. It has to be totally red. It's got to be totally perfect. It's got to be totally innocent. Jesus Christ was a man without sin. He lived this earth as a man, but he was a man without sin because he was the perfect, acceptable sacrifice in the eyes of God. His blood was sufficient enough enough to rip the temple, to open up the spirit of God, to come out into the world and for all those who believe in him to receive in him. Let me ask you something. Have you ever heard of an architect named Ron Wyatt? Ron Wyatt was the one, and you can look him up on YouTube and you can look him up on his website. And I have some of his DVDs. He was the archaeologist that, uh, architect, no, the archaeologist, whatever them scientific people are that find stuff hidden. He was the, he was the Indiana Jones of the Bible. Archaeologist, thank you. And he's the one who found Noah's Ark and he found Sodom and Gomorrah and you can look all of his stuff up. But he's the one who found, listen to me, he found the Ark of the Covenant started in 1979 and he finished uncovering it up in 1982 and 1983. They interviewed him and you can hear his interview on his deathbed. He was dying at the Baptist Hospital uh, in his last days and right before he died they interviewed him and his favorite story was telling about finding the Ark of the Covenant. Listen how God has it all planned. He finds the Ark of the Covenant because he feels led by the Holy Spirit. He tells his testimony that he's led to Calvary. And as he's walking on top of Calvary, the Holy Spirit just speaks, keeps speaking to him about how the mountain and different constructions have covered and covered. And he needed to go in there and look for a trail. And so from where the cross was, he went down and he found a crack. And he followed that crack. And he worked for years following this crack. And this crack came and he found the Ark of the Covenant where the crack opened up. And what happened, do you remember the day Jesus died there was an earthquake and the earthquake quake caused the earth to shake and it caused the earth to open and there was a crack that went down all the way that what people didn't know the ark of the covenant was hidden in the bottom there at calvary and that because of the earthquake the top of the ark was removed as some of jesus's blood went down the crack down into that place got on top of the ark got into the ark and because of that the veil was ripped resurrection power came and God moved out of a box and moved out to live in you and I for eternity that's the power of God God has it all planned out and if you think that's something they did a study they were able to take some of the blood out in the ark and do a DNA test test and the DNA test showed that it was blood of 23 chromosomes that means 23 is the chromosomes of the woman and if it's supposed to have another 23 chromosomes to be of a man but you see Jesus didn't have a natural man involved so he had blood with 23 chromosomes because he wasn't the descender from a natural man he was in a borrowed womb but he had a conception through the power of the Holy Ghost so when they studied the blood, the blood had no sin. The blood did not have the blood of a man. It was the blood of the living God. And that blood opened up the ark, opened up the veil, and made a way for you and I. Hallelujah. The red heifer. Take this animal. And it goes on to say, and Eliezer, the priest, 
must take the stick of cedar. Cedar, the stick of cedar represents the cross. And a hyssop branch, they gave him hyssop to drink. And some scarlet yarn, scarlet was a robe that he wore. And throw it upon him in the fire while the heifer is burning. Let me explain this to you today. While they were supposed to slay this animal. They were supposed to take this red heifer and take its blood as part of the sacrifice and then burn it upon the altar to where it's totally ashes. Then they were supposed to take these ashes and they were supposed to put it into a vessel and seal the vessel very tightly and bury it outside of the camp. And only the priest, when it was needed to give... to. do a, uh, to cleanse the people of their sins. Only the high priest was allowed to go and unbury the vessel that was buried outside of the camp. Who was crucified outside of the camp? Who was that pure vessel? Only the high priest was allowed to take the vessel out. Who's the high priest of our confession? Only Jesus, only the high priest was allowed to go and take the vessel out of the ground, unseal it, take a stick, which represents the cross, stick it in the ashes with water, take it out and cleanse the people of their sins by sprinkling the ashes of the burnt heifer out of the sealed vase upon them so that they could be healed. Well, how many of you know, I told you last week, the Bible says that the tomb was sealed by the Romans and by the Jews because they were afraid that somebody was going to go in and steal the body of Jesus. So they had it sealed. But how many of you know that the tomb outside of the city was sealed, that only the high priest was the one who was able to open the seal and come out and reveal that I am the high priest of your confession. I am the king of glory. I am the one that was dead and alive forevermore. Thank God for our high priest who made a way for us. Can I hear an amen? Do you know they were supposed to sprinkle the person seven times? How many of you know Jesus was crucified and had seven wounds in his body? His two hands represent our guilt and evil deeds. His two feet represents our offensive heart, stubbornness, and unbelief and error. His side speaks about the bride that was redeemed from his side. His back speaks about our healing sorrows and our rebellion. And his head was crowned with a, thorn of, a crown of thorns for the curse on our minds, for, for our souls, our emotions, where the real battle is so that we could be free. He spoke seven times from the cross. Seven, seven, seven. We see seven all the way from Seth's generation. Seven from Cain's generation. All through the word of God, you can find seven. How many know he's the lily of the valley? When you look in a lily, there's seven pods. You find seven throughout the word of God for it is the number of completion. God does not make a mistake. The integrity of the word of God has held up from the very beginning and it will continue to hold up in all generations because the word of God and the integrity and the author and the priest behind the word of God is no one else but the author, Jesus Christ himself, who has the keys and will allow nothing to be taken away from his word and stand behind his word to prove that it is true and real. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Then we see the day of atonement when they would take two goats and they would take one goat and they would say, call it the goat of the Lord. And they would take it and slay it and and shed his blood upon the altar for a sacrifice. Then they would take the other goat, which was called the goat of Azel or the goat of the devil. And they would take that goat and the priest would lay his hands upon that goat outside of the city and confess the sins of the nation. Then let the goat go free into the wilderness so that the sins were carried away because of the, the, the innocent goat of the Lord that was buried. Well, how many of you know that when Jesus 
was before the trial. They, there were two lambs standing there. It was the innocent one that was, the, was Barabbas, the, the goat of Baal. And then there was Jesus, the innocent lamb. They let the guilty one go free and slew the innocent. Everything is a type and shadow about what Jesus did for us. And every time you look in the word, you see Jesus all over the word of God. Seek him. Find him. We were just a teen challenge. One of the things those young men were saying, they were saying, please pray for us to have the, the, uh, the confidence to continue to believe through the hard times that when we get out of here, we will be able to stay clean, that we will be able to live our lives, that we'll be able to get our jobs, that we will be able to do things like we used to do before we failed and made a mistake and we're starting over again for the fourth time. We need confidence, our confidence. We have no confidence that we can leave this place whole and free. Well, I want you to know this morning, just like we prayed with them young men, we can pray and believe God with you. You don't have to leave here, continue in a lifestyle of bondage and, and sin and agony, but you can leave here with your sorrows lifted, your burdens lifted, a life full of love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. You can leave here with the fullness of Jesus in your lives. Can I hear an amen? Jesus gave his life. They buried him in that borrowed tomb because he wasn't going to need it for long. Hallelujah. And while he was there, it says he went down to the depths of hell. Because in Hades, in paradise, Abraham, Isaac, all of them were in Abraham's bosom or in this compartment of hell. They speak of five compartments in hell. And one of those compartments was called Hades or paradise where the saints of old would go because the blood of animals and goats and heifers was not enough to get them in the presence of a holy God. They needed the blood of a holy God to get in the presence of a holy God. So they were being held in this place. And Jesus went down into the depths of hell. And he went over there and he started preaching Adam. Adam, do you remember... When my father slayed those animals and covered you with skins. Abraham, do you remember when you offered your son Isaac? It was a type of shadow that you knew God was going to have to provide himself a lamb. Jacob, do you remember when you were sleeping on them stones and you gave that and God ascended and descended that one day the heavens were going to open and that God would not be separated from man anymore, but God would be there. David, you saw me in my lifetime. Job, you knew that your redeemer lived and he kept preaching to him and telling them about the different things. He said, I was Abel's sacrifice. I was Noah. Remember Noah? I was your rainbow. I was Abraham's son. I was Isaac's well in a jury land. I was Jacob's scepter and Moses' rod. I was Joshua's son that stood still. Elijah's mantle and Elisha's staff. I was the horn of Gideon. I was Samson's strength and Samuel's horn of oil. I was David's sling and David's shepherd. I was Isaiah the burden bearer and Hezekiah the sundial. I was Daniel's visions and dreams. Amos's burdens. Malachi, I was the son of righteousness. In the New Testament I was Peter's shadow. I was Stephen's signs and wonders. I was Paul's handkerchief. I was John's pearly white gate. I was father to the orphan, husband to the widow, traveler by night, the bright and morning star, the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the brightness of God's glory, the express image of God, the father, the king of glory. I'm the pearl of great price, the rock in a weary land, the cup that runneth over, the rod and the staff that comforteth. I'm the government of the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus of Nazareth, son of the living God. Hallelujah. That's the one we serve. That's the one we have a history of. That's the one whose blood brought us through. Would you give him praise and would you thank him for what he's done? They were always looking for Calvary. They were always looking to Calvary. And Jesus went and started preaching who he was and the types and shadow he was in each of their day. And it started dawning. Wow, this is it. 
And I want you to know Jesus went down and had a revival in hell. You may say your life is hell. Well, listen, Jesus already had a revival in hell. And the ones that were captive there, he led out because he, they believed and accepted on him. He led the souls of those that were captive away. Listen, Jesus had the first soul train. He got the souls of all the departed. And blessed be God, he took them all up in heaven. Abraham, they all accepted him. And I want to tell you something else. When Jesus preached about his blood and he told about his sacrifice and he explained who he was all through the word of God, Jesus did not have to tell them to bow their head and close their eyes. He didn't have to push them to receive him. All he had to do was preach about who he was to each and every one and they knew him without knowing him and there's something on the inside of somebody here today. You know that you know him but you haven't given your life to him. I want you to know I don't have to beg you and plead for you to receive him. You ought to know right now that there's a revival waiting to happen on the inside of me. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I hear an amen? In 1 Corinthians 15, 55, oh, death, where's your sting? And oh, Hades, where is your victory? And the place that seemed like tragedy came a place of triumph in Revelation 1, 5 through 11. Listen now. And from Jesus Christ, a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us. How many are washed tonight in the blood, this morning, by the blood of Jesus from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever and amen behold he's coming somebody shout out he's coming come on shout out he's coming let the people on the internet believe you believe he's coming again he's coming behold he's coming behold he's coming and every eye will see him then they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him even so amen i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end says the lord who is who was and who is to be the almighty can i hear an amen now look, 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written to you who believe. You who believe. Not in Buddha. Not in an alternative. Not in Islam. Not in some man. Not in some denomination. But those who believe in the name of the Son of God. Somebody shout out his name. Somebody shout out his name, Jesus. That you may believe in the name of the Son of God and you may know. Somebody shout out no. no. You know. Listen, so many people say, how do I know I'm saved? Do you believe in the name of Jesus? Yes. Then you're born again. That you may know. Have you lived a repentant life? Because Cain and his descendants did not live a repentant life. To be born again means you have changed from your past and you are a new person. If you continue to live a life without living in repentance of your sins, you're living a life that is bound to end and you will never see what your life could have been. Life is empty without Jesus. Life is empty now and it's an eternity in hell. But if you have come and you continue to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that you have eternal life and, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. There's no change in your mind if you know he's real. You can't be talked out. You can't be convinced. You cannot be influenced. You cannot be philosophized. That there's any other way but Jesus Christ. You cannot continue to, den to deny the convictions and knowing that you know what you're supposed to do any longer. Verse 14. Now this is the confidence. I hear those kids. One of them gave me his picture. Said pray for me. Been there five days at Teen Challenge. Now, I, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Somebody shout out Jesus. 
If you will follow Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, if you will study him and find his types and shadows, if you get to know him, then it says here, if you have this is the confidence we have in him, Jesus, that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us whatsoever we ask in his name, we know we have the petitions of of, uh, 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 petitions that we have asked for in his name. He says in Mark 15, 16, 17, they that believe in me shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall cast out devils and they shall drink any deadly things shall not harm them and they will speak with new tongues I want you to know there's a higher power there's a higher way and there's a revival even in the midst of your hell I tell you there's a time right now where Jesus wants to manifest himself to you he wants you to get a hold of that blood apply it to your home over your doorpost he wants you to apply it to your lives apply it to your businesses apply it to your future that no matter what the world may look like in the future that you and God got this that the place of tragedy became a place of triumph because you are one with the resurrection and the life so would you stay Stand up right now and let's just give Jesus all the glory and all the praise and thank him for what he's already done. Come on, give him praise. Many people get offended because of the message of the cross. Many people don't understand it. Many people criticize it. And I want to ask you just to stay still for just a moment. It's still early. Just to stay still. We're talking about the lamb. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about some people's souls right now. So nobody moving as we get ready to pray right now and give an invitation. It's not a time to go and go to the restaurant and go to the food. It's not a time for you to get in your car and you leave. It's a time to stay in church. Church ain't over yet too. It's over. Do you hear me, church? It's not over yet. If you're at the White House, you can't walk out till Obama walks out. Well, I'll tell you, Jesus in the house, and you better stay in here as long as Jesus is in this house. Tell you, we've gotten so comfortable. We've gotten so comfortable. I mean, sure, there's nothing wrong with drinking coffee in the church. We thank God we got coffee and we got cups and we all that. But we can't forget we are in church and we're here to study the word of God and give our lives for the one who gave his life for us. So lock them doors. Lock them. Lock them. Every week it's a race for the door. Why? You don't like this church? Go to another church. But stop trying to get out of here. Stop trying to get out of here like you can't stand being there. Let's have some reverence in the house. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. Acting like Medea getting out of jail. Come on now. You go to the show, you watch all the credits to see there's something else afterwards. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is church. You get home when you get home. Hey man, if we just worship God like we were worshiping, we may get to heaven. But listen to me, church. He's real. He really did carry that cross up that hill after being whipped and shredded to where he couldn't be recognizable anymore. He really did pay all the price and make all the payment needed to set you free and to save you and deliver you. He paid the price for you. Now will you accept him? Every head bowed and every eye closed. He's telling you right now, I paid for you. Not to live your own life, but to live my life. To receive my life. 
I died on I looked to the cross with joy because I knew I was your way out of hell I looked to the cross with joy Jesus said because I knew it was going to deliver you and wash your sins away all you have to do is accept me and receive me and when you accept me and confess me with your heart with your mouth and believe with me in your heart you open the door and you give me the opportunity to wash your sins away to make you as I am innocent before the Father if you're here today these very last moments I want to invite you that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior as your Lamb who died in your place if you don't know if your sins are forgiven your past is forgotten I want to give you an opportunity right now just to raise your hand real high and say I want to receive that sacrifice for my sins today I, I want the blood of Jesus to cleanse me and forgive me of all my sins if that's you would you raise your hand here today please anyone at all right there where you're at just raise your hand I want to see Jesus receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior maybe you're wandered away from him maybe you're backslidden maybe you're not living the life you're supposed to today you can give that life up and receive a new life if that's you today please raise your hand God bless you young lady Anyone else today? Raise your hand. Surrender your life to Jesus. Thank you, sister. I see your hand. I want to rededicate my life to Christ today. Let the Father who sent His Son, the God who loved you so much, He sent His Son to die for you. Let Him see your hand. Is anyone else today? Anyone else? God bless you. I see that hand right there. Anyone else today? You know you got to get back to the cross. You got to get back closer to Jesus. If that's you. Raise your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Those who raise their hand, just come up and face me at this altar right quick. Just run up here like you're running to Jesus. Just come to the altar where you're going to lay those sins and that lifestyle down. Just come and lay it down. Those different ones. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, there's some more here. The perfect, innocent lamb gave his life for you and I. No matter how bad we've been or are, he says he loves you. He died on that cross for you. Anyone else, don't leave here. Please don't leave here. Facing an eternity separated from God. Anyone else? Anyone else?